Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the La Liga Lowdown podcast, also rebroadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. I'm Hugh McTeer, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arcare, and Matt Clark. This is our second season preview podcast ahead of the new La Liga season. In the last one, we discussed the title race, and we all seem to agree that Real Madrid are the clear favourites. In this episode, We'll discuss everything else. Let's see if we can get a bit more disagreement this time. Last time out, we all did seem to think that the top four would be Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid and Sevilla in some variation of that order. But is there anyone else who could finish in there? Paco, let's come to you first. Well, I believe that this is going to be an interesting season for myself and all La Liga Lodon fans because uh, we in... Uh, the Balancing community are going to have four teams in, in Primera División. Uh, we are adding Elche to both uh, Levante, Valencia and Villarreal. And precisely Villarreal should be one of the teams to watch this year, Iwan, because I believe that they have uh, done things very well in the last couple of uh, weeks uh, during the, the summer uh, transfer market. And I think that might be one of the wild cards for, for the season. We'll talk later uh, about the reasons for me thinking this, but I think Villarreal might be that team which everyone enjoys watching and which might uh, give quite a few surprises throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I think VRL looking really strong. We'll get into a deeper discussion about them in a moment. But first, Roman, any wild card you can identify? Well, I'm really sorry, Ewan, but I'm going to have to agree with Paco once again. <laughs> I honestly only see Villarreal, you know, as the clear candidate to bump into that top four. Um, because there's a team from last year which were really good and, of course, made it to Europe, but they don't have much experience in Europe. And I think that might just not help them out, you know, like Granada, for example, or Real Sociedad. I think they might struggle um, to have enough power in La Liga to go up to the top four. But Villarreal with Unai Emery, who I think is a fantastic manager with a lot of experience uh, in La Liga, could uh, help uh, this team to make it to the top four. So, Matt, in the first preview podcast we did ahead of the new season, uh, we each gave our prediction for how the top four would look. Do you want to go ahead and give us your top four? And we all picked, uh, like I said, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico or Sevilla in some variation. What's your top four? Is it those four teams or are you, are you putting Villarreal or somebody else in there? Yeah, again, I, I can't see anything else really. Um, you know, Barcelona have Messi staying. That's massive for them. And 
Um, who knows how that's going to work, but I, I think they'll have enough for the top four. Real Madrid obviously coming from a position of real strength. Atleti have had their transition year now, so I think we can expect more from them. And, and Sevilla will be looking to build on the Europa League success. And uh, yeah, I agree. Villarreal look like the most likely, if any, to kind of gatecrash that top four party. Um, like Roman said, Unai Emery is such an experienced coach. And uh, he's had far more success in his career than people probably remember from, from his last couple of jobs. So I think he's much more you know, uh, able to take them over that line than perhaps people would give him credit for. Uh, the only thing I would say is that getting that balance right will be important because when he was at Sevilla and they had their fantastic three Europa Leagues in a row, sometimes their La Liga form did suffer a little bit. So I think if he can avoid that, that'll be the main challenge for him. Yeah, Matt, I think you just summed up there in about 15 seconds everything we talked about in Preview Podcast 1. But if you haven't listened to that one yet, you can go for the more in-depth discussion. That one came out on Monday. So let's get into Villarreal then. I think we're all keen to do so. Unai Emery's back. Kubo has arrived. Parejo and Coquelin too. Can this work, Paco? What's the sense just now, like you said, in the Valencian community where there's great excitement ahead of this new season? Well, um, I have to talk about the way Javi Calleja was unceremoniously uh, not renewed because he wasn't sacked. Uh, he was uh, left to go after the season ended because I think he did a great job in the last uh, run of games. And that's the reason Villarreal were able to squeeze into European spots. But at the same time, if you look into the manager that they uh, decided to sign in order to replace him, I think Unai Emery is, is a perfect choice for, for Villarreal. And I think he will be a perfect fit in the long run. Um, because the way he likes his teams to play, because of the style Villarreal and flair Villarreal has been uh, able to pursue on top of the pitch in, in traditionally, but especially in the last five, six, seven seasons. And also because of the signings. Uh, I think Villarreal are the team who has more most smartly uh, been able to sign players this season. Uh, they were able to sign keeper Jero Rulli in the last couple of days, former Real Sociedad keeper. Uh, they invested quite a lot, not that much money, but very, very smartly with Kubo on loan, Dani Parejo for free from Valencia, uh, Rulli for around 5 million, Coquelin around 7 or 8 million. So I think the word is ambition. Villarreal is going to be a very ambitious squad this season, are in my view... Uh, they are going to be Champions League contenders through and through uh, this this 2021 season. And Villarreal's gain has partly been Valencia's loss. So what's the sense just now in the Valencian community as uh, Valencia lose their two starting midfielders to the team from down the road? Well, you can imagine that fans aren't too pleased with what has happened this, this summer. And uh, one of the main reasons, for example, is that uh, Valencia or especially the board I, I like talking about Valencia's board instead of the club because I believe they are two different things okay I'm talking about Meriton Holdings I'm talking about Valencia's board um, they were so keen on selling two of their top stars at the first days of the transfer market that any any anyone uh, uh, people are unable to understand why Instead of waiting on the market, instead of trying to let the players go and, and earning more cash for them, they were so eager to get rid of them that Villarreal was smart enough to be at the perfect place to receive them with open arms. So 
Um, Valencia are not doing things properly, but I think that the fan base and La Liga Lodon um, listeners already know that. And, uh, well, you can find nowadays a climate of um, civil war between the fan base and Meriton Holdings because they let Barreco go, they sold Coquelin for peanuts, they sold Ferran Torres to Manchester City for an amount which is much inferior to what his real transfer value is. And, uh, well... Garay wasn't renewed, his contract wasn't extended, and he was the leader of the defense. So overall, Javi Gracia, a new coach, has found himself with five of the starting players last season being out and no signings whatsoever. Some of the loans are back, for example, Uros Rasic, but uh, some of the players in the youth academy uh, have been promoted to the first team. But we are not talking about proper signings. Valencia haven't signed anyone at this point. So you can understand that fans are right now with plenty of unrest because the season is, uh, you know, about to begin just around the corner and the squad isn't looking that great for Javi Gracia. Yeah, definitely. We'll see, we'll see how it all goes at Valencia and at Villarreal. Now, I'm really curious to see how the two uh, biggest Bass teams do, Athletic Club and Real Sociedad. Roman, what do you expect from these two this season? Well, I mean, starting with uh, Real Sociedad, um, this season, of course, is going to be tougher for them because they have to combine uh, multiple co um, competitions. So, of course, it's a lot of young players which aren't uh, maybe used to doing something like this. But, of course, they still have the good foundations to build on, you know, because there's a lot of uh, young players which have already uh, shown a lot of quality in the last few seasons at um, Real Sociedad. And it's true also that they're going to lose Odegaard, which is definitely very unfortunate for them because they were hoping to have the him loan for another season. But instead, they're getting David Silva, who I think is going to give that extra, extra boost of experience uh, to the players who are going to learn a lot from him, especially on the field, because we all know how good David Silva is. And he should be able to fit well in this side. And um, I really think Real Sociedad can have a good season, despite, as I said, playing so many competitions. They should be fighting once again for um, European spots, the Europa League especially. So it'll be interesting to see if they can finally start to consolidate what they started last year. And on the other side, Atletico de Bilbao, you know, are a bit unpredictable because um, their transfer policy limits them a lot. So you don't really know what's going to happen next season because not many uh, new players come in. They have to account a lot on their youth system. But they're always a hardworking side. They're always a, a strong side. And if they manage to bring in Javi Martinez uh, from Bayern, I think that could be uh, a good addition. And of course, um, Atleti Bilbao, I think, will manage to end near the top positions. Let's not also forget about Granada and Hitafe. They both surprised the league by qualifying for the Europa League in the last couple of seasons. Can they continue to punch above their weight, Matt? I think the short answer is yes. I mean, in budget terms, the fact that these sides are even featuring in this European discussion is, is evidence of that. And as you say, they are the underdog stories of the last couple of seasons. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for Granada, first of all. Um, brilliant young coach in Diego Martinez. Uh, the signing of Luis Mia has got the fans really excited. I think he's one to watch definitely in La Liga this season. They've secured Yangel Herrera again from uh, from Manchester City. And veteran Jorge Molina has made the move from Hatafe to Andalusia. Uh, so hopefully he can link up with fellow stalwart Roberto Soldado and, uh, and they can form a kind of geriatric partnership. Um, goals might be harder to come by without uh, Carlos Fernandez, who was so impressive last season. He's back at Sevilla at the time of recording. 
Um, but they did have goals coming from all over the pitch. So I think they can still consolidate and, and have a really positive season. As for Hetafe, I think some felt it was like a natural time for, for Jose Bordalas to move on. But for whatever reason, he's still there. Maybe it was commitment from uh, Angel Torres. Uh, maybe the lack of alternative options for him to kind of move. Uh, they were disappointed not to be in Europe, but almost on the flip side of Red Sociedad, they, uh, they won't have those extra commitments in Europe. So, you know, they did look knackered at the end of the season. So maybe they just have to reset, go again, go back to their basics. They've made some really good signings too, especially in attacking areas. They brought in Cucho Hernandez and Enes Unal. I think they'll slot into their style really well to complement Jaime Mata and Angel Rodriguez. Uh, so I think they've got all bases covered and you always know what you're getting with the Bordalas side. So I think they will be there or thereabouts once again for that kind of seventh place. And one, one team that I sort of consider as an outlier is, is Real Betis, who have a new coach in the form of Manuel Pellegrini. Let's hear from a Real Betis expert just now, David Whitworth, who sends these thoughts into the podcast. We're hoping for a, a much better season than last season. It was a very, very disappointing campaign for the Green and Whites. But we're hoping that this time around... Under the tutelage of Manuel Pellegrini, we can aspire to what we all want, which is European football. However, we're going to have to earn it, and there's going to be a lot of competition for those places come the end of the season. But I'm I'm optimistic with uh, the players that we've got, the players that we've kept, and the players that have come in as well. Obviously, as we all know, money is tight with all clubs. Betis have currently made three signings. All three uh, on a free transfer. Uh, Claudio Bravo, experienced goalkeeper, played in La Liga before with Barcelona, Real Sociedad, experienced with Manchester City as well, international goalkeeper with Chile, Copa America winner. He'll bring bags of experience to the goalkeeping department. Martin Montoya was with us four years ago when he had a short spell in 2016. Uh, came from Brighton. Um, yeah, uh, very adept right back can play left back as well so I'm pleased that he's come in to add some competition with Emerson and Victor Aretha as well another player with bags of experience from his time in Valencia and Villarreal no less um, had a year in uh, Besiktas and now he's back in La Liga and uh, I think it's three uh, astute signings from Betty so far and I think there's going to be a few more to come uh, I mean, no doubt that there's going to be some exits as well, but um, I'm optimistic, certainly with Manuel Pellegrini. He's got a great track record in La Liga with the likes of Villarreal, Malaga and uh, Real Madrid. It was only a year there, but in that year he got the, the most points in, in the history of Real Madrid. So I'm optimistic, as I think all fans, football fans are at the start of the season. If you can't be optimistic at the start of the season, uh, you're never going to be. Um, but um, I think the target for Betis is to fight for the uh, Europa League places. However, if we don't get them at the end, then it's no disaster because there's no divine right for any team to make the uh, the European places. Um, so for our point of view, as long as we're fighting for those places at the end of the season, then we've shown intent and we've shown a lot more fortitude um, than, than the previous year, then uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be happy with that. Okay, so that was David's thoughts on the situation at Betis. Roman, what do you make of them? Can you see them getting into Europe this season? I mean, I think Betis are one of those sides which everyone has a lot of doubts on. You know, what are we going to expect? The best out of them, the worst? It's hard to predict because in terms of squad, it's quite decent. But then they've underperformed uh, last season. 
But of course, now they have uh, Pellegrini, who I think is a fantastic manager, so experienced. He showed uh, how good he was at Villarreal, at Malaga, you know, in those uh, final stages of the European, uh, the Champions League, and also with Real Madrid. Of course, he was he was pretty good. But then, of course, um, it's not the same with Betis because they're coming from a dodgy season. I'd say it'd be very important for him to find the best out of Borja Iglesias. He has to shine once and for all because they paid a lot of money for him and he's a top striker so he has to fit into that system and again also we have to talk about Fekir who is finally staying of course and he's going to be really important he has to uh, lead this team uh, into those uh, top half of the standings but I'm still not really convinced in terms of, of the defense they have I think I, th I think that could improve a lot because it's not a very uh, strong defense we saw it last season it hasn't changed much so I don't know what's going to happen and in terms of signings I mean Montoya, Victor Ruiz I mean they're average players they're not great players and i don't know if that's going to help them take a step towards fighting for european competitions so i think uh, they're going to be mid table and i think Pellegrini might give them that experience to jump a bit higher and maybe uh, finish top mid table this year well we're going to have a short pass through the dressing rooms just now before we come back for part two of this episode after this short break we'll be back to discuss the relegation battle Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome back to this episode of La Liga Lowdown. We were just talking about the teams who could fight for Europe but now let's look down at the doom and gloom of the other end of the table. Of the three newly promoted teams, that's Huesca, Cadiz and Elche, who has the best chance of, of staying up, Matt? I'll come to you for that one. I think that's a tough question. Um, I might be sitting on the fence here, but I think Cadiz and Huesca both look in pretty decent shape, all things considered. I think they've both done some kind of sensible business. Alvaro Negredo being back in La Liga is brilliant to see, and it's kind of a statement of intent from Cadiz. 
And I did have a soft spot for Huesco when they were in La Liga a couple of seasons ago. And they've got some experience and solidity in defence and they brought back Sergio Gomez uh, from Borussia Dortmund. Um, the one thing I would say, home advantage is normally so important, especially for the promoted clubs. And without the atmosphere in the stadiums, certainly for the start of the season, that's going to be quite tough. But I think both of them can put up a decent fight. I'm not so optimistic for Elche, however. A new coach, Jorge Almiron, a client of the owner, I understand. Hardly any time to prepare, losing players and not really bringing in any at the moment. It does look like a monumental task for them. And I think many people have them down as finishing rock bottom. So I think the fairy tale of their promotion is already fading into memory, I fear. Yeah, I worry for Elche as well. It's a difficult situation, hardly any time to prepare and it's during a pandemic in one of the, the strangest transfer markets of, of recent memory. Uh, Paco, do you agree with Matt there about Elche? I mean, you've seen close what's going on there in the Valencian community. There's obviously excitement at having four teams, but do you think Elche can, can last? Yeah, and, and I actually have quite a, a good relationship with Elche's Youth Academy for the last five, six seasons. And I, and I know perfectly the way they work within the club. And I think that... Um, being the last team to go up is always a huge disadvantage for any of the three teams which promote to La Liga every season. Um, also, the, the choosing of the new manager, Jorge Almiron, coming from Argentina, letting go José Rojo Pacheta, who was the architect, the mastermind, after achieving two promotions in, in, in two years and a few months. Um, they are going to have to develop and sign quite a lot of players, develop a, a top-flight squad very, very quickly, and that always means that uh, that team is going to struggle throughout the season. Um, Cadiz also, Huesca also, going to have to fight uh, tooth and nail in in order to to remain, but Elche has the the, the direst of the of the situations nowadays, and I understand that it comes from the the particular uh, situation that they had to overcome, and obviously being able to win that uh, super dramatic playoff uh, only a few weeks ago. So let's see the way they they are able to to cope with all the pressure. Yeah, one one team I think will actually be pretty solid this year is Real Valladolid. Roman, they're building something quite good there with Ronaldo, aren't they? Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I think Valladolid were, were pretty surprising, especially uh, to the, towards the end of the last season. They had a strong finish because towards the beginning, of course, they were one of the candidates to fight for relegation. But in the end, they were defending really, really well. They were a very strong side, barely conceding goals. And it felt like that break really helped Sergio to, to develop his team and improve lots of things. And of course, uh, the prospect is for this year to be um, another step forward, you know, in that way. And at the moment, uh, they've brought in really good signings. I mean, Fabiano Arellano is a fantastic player with a lot of quality and experience in this competition. Uh, there's other experienced players like Bruno or Roberto Jimenez. And also Weisman coming in from the Austrian league, who was a top scorer. He looks pretty good. So I think they know know what they're doing there. Ronaldo has good assessment. Sergio's a good manager and overall they're building a very strong side which uh, should take a step forward this season to more mid-table positions, not fighting for relegation. So I think uh, things are looking good for uh, Los Pucelanos. On the other hand, a club close to my heart is Ibar, the team that just lost Oriana to a basically direct rival in Valladolid. Like every summer, they're losing important players, but they do have coach Jose Luis Mendilibar, one of the best in the business, and they have the Basque Monchi uh, sporting director, Fran Garagarza. 
Can they do it again, Matt, and stay up for an eighth year? Or is this finally the season when it all falls apart for La Liga's smallest club? I know where you're coming from, Ewan. Um, and it even looked perilous you know, during the restart. And I think, I think probably I thought they might just slip down last season, but they found a way. Um, but as you say, they've lost so many important players. This summer alone, they've lost Pablo de Blasis, Gonzalo Escalante, Charles, Fabian Oriana, as we've said, and, and Ivan Ramis has retired. So that kind of real core of really significant players from their time in, in La Liga, you could say. And they've only just started to bring in a couple of new additions uh, sort of this week, last week, uh, with Polish winger uh, Damian Konjor adding some creativity, but the squad does look thin. Um, but as you say, you know, if there's one thing to remember, as you know really well, never write off Eibar and never write off Jose Luis Mendilibar because they will give it absolutely everything. And, you know, they, they proved a lot of people wrong and they normally find a way. So who knows? Yeah, every summer they bring in a bunch of players I've never heard of and some of them turn out to be quite good. So we'll see if that's what happens again this year. So let's start predicting uh, some of the, the results of this season in the table. Um, let's have your Europa League teams and your relegation teams. Uh, Paco, can I come to you first? Who do you think is going to make the Europa League? Well, even if Valencia have been unable to sign players this summer, even if they have slashed uh, around 80 million euros in the financial fair play for the squad, even if Javi Gracia is a newcomer this season, I think that they are going to do pretty well. Um, Villarreal will be fifth and Valencia will be sixth. Um, Obviously, Villarreal will see that as a disappointment and Valencia will see that depending on who is the president at that point next summer as an outstanding achievement, even though I believe the fans won't be that happy if the team only is able to squeeze into Europa League. So uh, VRL 5th and Valencia 6th. Perfect. And for the relegation battle, Paco, who do you think is going down? Um, Unfortunately for the Valencian community, I believe Elche, as they are going to face uh, plenty of odds throughout the, the season, they are going to be one of the teams going down. And the other ones... In my view, one of them is going to be Cadiz, which I will deeply regret because I love them. And looking for some surprises, the third one going down will be, in my view, and I know many people are going to tr- to kill me, um, Alaves. Alaves uh, struggled last season. They were only able to barely scrape out of the relation battle in the final two or three games. And uh, I think that they are not looking that good towards uh, the 2021 season. Yeah, Pablo Machin, of course, coming in at Alaves, and he was one of the the many coaches at Espanyol last season on that car crash, so we'll see what happens there. Interesting. Roman, can I come to you? Who's going to finish 5th and 6th, and then who's going to finish 18th, 19th, and 20th? Well, as we said uh, towards the beginning, I think uh, Villarreal should finish 5th if they don't manage to you know, uh, hijack the top four because they have a, an amazing squad. And then I think the other team to make it there will be Athletic de Bilbao. I just have a feeling that this year will be good for them. I mean, of course, they have similar players, but, you know, they all know each other really well. Uh, Garitano's project, I think, is pretty clear and they're always a very intense side. So I think they might just snatch that position. 
And in the relegation battle, it's a hard pick. I do think Elche will be clearly the, the top candidate to go down. Um, I haven't seen much of them, but what I saw against Girona, I was quite disappointed in that second game where they were up with one man and were incapable you know, of generating too much in attack right until the end they got that important goal. Then in terms of Cadiz, they remind me a bit of Mallorca, bringing in a ton of different signings. Um, not ex Some are good players, but not excellent players, so I don't really know if that's going to work, You know, having to adapt so many new new guys into your team and then the last side is, is quite hard to predict I'm not really sure but I just might go for Eibar um, unfortunately because I know Mendy Libar today I know they're hard uh, fighters they finished uh, they saved themselves from relegation at the end of last season despite losing important players before the league ended and they're an incredible side but I just don't know if they'll be capable of holding on to a whole season and of course with all the coronavirus break a lot of teams are, are limited because they have less money to spend on players so I don't know if that might affect Avar in that sense. Yeah, interesting. And Matt, what about your predictions for Europa League and the bottom three? I'm going to go uh, the same. I'm going to go Villarreal and then... I- I think Real Sociedad will will be sixth. I think they, they have enough quality in that squad just to to be able to manage it. And uh, and if they don't, then I would say Hetafe might just sneak it. But uh, I'll go with Villarreal and Real Sociedad. Uh, as for relegation, I'm going to go with Elche, Huesca, and Alaves for for similar reasons as uh, as Paco said. Um, I'm not quite sure they'll be able to adapt to Paolo Machin's uh, style of play very quickly. And uh, as, as we saw, if, if you're getting a bad start, it can be very hard to recover. Just uh, how about this one, though? We, we haven't really mentioned them, but how about Felta? Um, everyone says, oh, they've just been under par for a couple of seasons. They're better than this. They're too good to go down. But as a dark horse, I think they're worth thinking about because, you know, Yago Aspas is going to be another year older. And can he keep dragging them out of the fire? I'm not sure. This could be the one where they just slip. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Celta Vigo, of course, have lost quite a few players in the summer. They had a surprising number of players on loan last season and many of them have, have gone back to their parent clubs. So, yeah, I think they'll be in the mix. Alaves too. And yeah, I think this is it's always tough for the newly promoted sides, but maybe even more this season when the transfer market is, is so different, so unusual. So, um, yeah, I think you do have to worry about all three of the promoted sides. But like you guys are saying, I think Cadiz and Elche might be the ones to worry about the most. And Europa League, I don't know, maybe just, maybe Real Betis do kind of push up there uh, and make a run at it. You know, they've they've brought in Claudio Bravo, um, somebody to, to fix some of those goalkeeping issues last season. So maybe, maybe Betis are solid and they get back into Europe. We'll see, of course, how it all plays out as the season gets underway. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown and to check out LaLigaLowdown.com for lots of written content. For now, my thanks go out to Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arcare and Matt Clark. And of course, to you for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.